One of the main themes that stuck with me from the modules was the section on narcissistic leadership. I thought that it was interesting in the narcissistic leaders reading that the author identified today's most popular CEOs and leaders as narcissists. Um, he writes that, not surprisingly, most people think of narcissists in a primarily negative way, yet narcissism can be extraordinarily useful, even necessary. I had never thought of narcissism ever being positive, but I found it really clarifying when he talked about productive versus unproductive narcissism. So essentially, productive narcissism includes charming risk takers who are able to influence crowds with their eloquent speech, but it becomes unproductive when they become unrealistic dreamers, meaning they sort of create these big ideas in their head and believe that it is other people or other circumstances that block their success um, and they will never believe themselves to be the problem. They can be unpredictable and very wrapped up in their own world, which ends up being harmful. However, they also have strengths too. In my life, I've come across quite a few narcissistic leaders and when I reflected back on them, I realized there were certain qualities that they possessed because they were narcissists that actually were beneficial in practice. They were ambitious and headstrong and knew how to get things done. But in my opinion, their bad qualities outshine the good. And so in my head, I have an overall negative view of narcissistic leadership. Um, after reading that, it was interesting to learn about destructive leadership as well. I think it's really important that we also learn about the bad types of leadership instead of just the good so that we know what to watch out for in the future and can work on ourselves as well to ensure that we aren't leading with any of these negative qualities or methods and can be the best leaders possible. When going through modules 10 through 12, one emotion I felt was worry that I have at one point been a susceptible follower to a destructive leader. I think that there are a few times in my life where I have been a conformer going along with the leader just to keep the peace. Um, but however, after continuing through the modules, I felt comfort in the fact that I'm more informed on what traits to look for in a leader and how to identify a good leader from a bad one. Um, one truth from the modules that surfaced for me was the idea of morally good and technically good leadership and how one alone does not make for a good leader. You can be very good at your job and still not be a good leader. And you can also be a really good person and not be a good leader. The two don't always go hand in hand. The truth is that a good leader is both ethical and effective. This has always made sense to me. I've always believed that a good leader is someone who is fair and respectful to their followers, who leads with grace and patience, and also has the technical skills necessary to perform well at their job. The lecture on ethical leadership helped to confirm these ideas and emphasize the importance of ethical leadership. Um, the most impactful surprise for me when going through the modules came from learning about the five dysfunctions of a team. Specifically in the part about teams that fear conflict, the author writes that this creates an environment where back-channel politics and personal attacks thrive. It was a bit surprising to me that to learn that personal attacks thrive within teams that fear conflict because you would think that if they fear conflict, they'd want to avoid any personal attacks at all, but it just goes to show that these dysfunctions that a team has can have many negative consequences. And it's important to recognize the dysfunctions in a team right off the bat to manage and prevent any bad results that might come out of it. 
Um, after engaging with the modules, the, the thing that I'm most curious about now is what the individual consequences are among content, content conflicts versus relational conflicts. I'm curious if one type gets resolved easier than the other, or if, if one is more harmful than the other, or if they both create op obstacles in their own way that are equally as bad. When going through these modules, I'm discovering about myself that a lot of the times when I don't get along with the group or do that well in a project, it was because I had a lack of trust. The modules really emphasize the need for trust in group settings in order to maximize their productivity and success. And I realized that I need to work on establishing trust first thing off the bat in a team setting. Um, and I can put everything that I've learned into practice by always making sure I lead and participate in teams with an open mind and positive mindset. So much of the conflict that I've read about comes from a lack of respect of other people's views. You know, you get into a diverse group of people with all different views and are bound to disagree with each other, but it's important to focus on being accepting of others' ideas because we can all learn something from each other.